Hey there, welcome to Your Basket is Empty, a space where I sit down with interesting people doing cool stuff in e-com and tech. I'm your host, Tim. So I've decided to create a new series called Agency Side, Stories of Leaders Changing the Digital Landscape. It's a six-part weekly series where I sit down with agency owners and leaders to explore what it's like to build, grow, and navigate an agency through the complexities of a modern digital world. On this episode, I sit down with Adam Clark, General Manager at Reload Digital, the number one rated agency for e-commerce and retail brands. We touch on what it means to be a truly global agency, keeping a cool head during periods of great change, like, I don't know, like a, a pandemic, uh, the pros and cons of staying niche and how not pursuing a PhD in history and politics led him down a digital path. Before we get into it, quick word from my sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 30,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com slash your basket is empty to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash your basket is empty. Enjoy the episode. Adam, welcome to the podcast. How are you and where are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so I'm in Walthamstow, working from home, actually not far from, from you, if I'm correct in that. Yeah, I, I, I usually ask my guests, where are they? And I was thinking, mm, are you going to be at home maybe in the office? But yeah, I know I know exactly where you live. It's like four streets away. Yeah, from so yeah it's a stone's throw. But uh, in, in this 2020 world, um, yeah, so so close, but so far, all virtual these days. I know, right? Isn't it weird? Um, <laughs> anyway, this is the, yeah, uh, the, the, the agency side series. And um, I'm keen to get straight into it. So Tell me more about Reload. You know, how did you come to join them? What What's the mission and, and where are you guys at? Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, to go back from memory lane. So I joined uh, around six and a half years ago now. I had my interview in a little pub uh, near the, the office in Bermondsey Street, which I think shows how far we've come since then. <laughs> Don't do quite as many interviews uh, in there. Uh, so I started out as, a, as an account manager, account coordinator. And uh, since then, I've yeah, done a few different roles, uh, worked uh, in our kind of different offices as well, um, and then moved back to, to London uh, to take up uh, the role as GM last year. Uh, in terms of Reload, uh, our mission. So I think that's definitely evolved over the years. Um, Lou, our founder, uh, and Craig, who's our, our global MD, uh, yes, set up the company coming on 10 years ago now. Uh, and I think what they what they really wanted is to to be a different type of agency. Um, and I think what has, has stuck true to today is they've really focused on the people side of things. Um, I think you know back then it was very much agencies that had very long hours um, and people working late into the night. And so they were very big on the work life balance. You know, lights off at at five thirty, um, and that is definitely something that's kind of stuck uh, with us. And I think our mission is still to this day to to present kind of you know opportunities for people to work at a, a growing agency um, that you get work-life balance that you can evolve and grow in your career um, and I think if we fast forward to now um, you know as, as a global team we're looking to be even more global we talk a lot about being truly global um, and then in London we're 
we're really focused on uh you know the client growth that we can do with the brands we're working with so e-commerce and retail brands um you know how do we grow them and how do we help them achieve their own sort of goals and things so yeah i guess in hopefully a, a bit of a, a succinct answer uh, that's where we're at so we'll get onto it in a little bit um i know you guys have got and you have been uh, you know a a, a, a global agency you know not just on your website but actually a global agency for some time but what what would define what you've got now because you've got a presence in australia and then in the uk what would define truly global in in your kind of eyes would that be having something in the states and maybe further into sort of the apac region and, and europe or has it totally been kind of turned on its head due to what's happened in the last six months yeah so i guess to answer that it'll probably be a couple of things so i think Firstly, truly global in just how we work together. So for a long time, um, we've had the offices, got offices in, in Australia, in Asia, in, in obviously in, in London, in Europe, and just how we actually collaborate between those offices. I think we were very good at it um, in terms of a senior management level, uh, but maybe you know not uh, amongst the teams. But over the last three or four years, that that has changed enormously. So I think every day uh, there will be three or four different. Um, you know, I used to say Skype, but probably a Zoom calls these days um, <laughs> ha- happening between between the offices um, and, and ha- you know, making sure that they are collaborating in, in amongst um, what, what individuals are doing day to day. In terms of clients as well, we now work on um, a lot of, you know, brands that have global presence uh, that are operating in different markets. And we're helping, I guess, facilitate that with um, with a collaborative team, you know, across across uh, different regions. And I guess, you know, Slack and, and and things like that make that a lot easier. So I think how we're actually working and collaborating, the aim is to just keep doing that. Um, we had our first big global summit last year. Um, back when getting on a plane was was easy, we, we kind of had a few people fly back to the head office in Australia and we really you know mapped out what does that mean across our teams. Um, and definitely there was things that came up on there around, okay, beyond how we collaborate, uh, within the teams that like where do we want to be in terms of our presence because we do we do a lot of work for brands uh, in in the states and, and in canada um but yeah maybe having an office there is on the is on the radar as well um so yeah just more and more trying to um i guess you know provide more options for for clients and work together better as as teams mm. and i'm keen to kind of understand like what does a, a typical day look like for you as a, as a GM at an agency like Reload? Is, is there a typical day? And, and I suppose how much has that changed? Uh, you know, I don't want to dwell on the COVID thing, but obviously the concept of change is a big thing at the moment. And ha- how has it changed over the last, I suppose, six to eight months? Yeah, so the classic stock answer, isn't it, for, for anyone in that type of role is, you know, no day is the same. Um, and I think, you know, it, it typically is trying to go where the opportunities are um, or vice versa, where maybe the fires are. Fortunately, <laughs> I, I think I have to say there's, there's, there's far less fires at the moment, uh, which is which is great and testament to the team that I've got. Um, but I think, you know, my role is, is very much helping work with our brands, potentially our more complex, bigger brands uh, across some of that, you know, e-commerce strategy and, uh, and helping spot opportunities for further growth. Um, I think it's being on hand for our leadership team. So making sure that, you know, I have the time to help them with what they're working on, uh, give direction, making sure everyone's pulling in the right direction. Uh, and 
very much kind of picking up the pieces uh, across new business or um, you know when when people uh, need a bit of help here and there. Uh, and then I think the last thing is is definitely the global collaboration thing. So have regular catch ups with other senior leaders uh, in the other offices um, and just trying to make sure that you know we're we're working. I guess what, what's the what's the term? Working smarter, not harder when it comes to you know making sure that we're not doing something that one of the other um, teams um, elsewhere could benefit from as well. And I think you know to, for the for the kind of COVID big big C word thing, I, I think a lot has changed, no no doubt about it. Uh, as I think many agencies experienced, you know March and April for us was a bit of a uh, what's the word kind of. Uh, a moment of what's going on here. It was like, you know, originally I think it was- I think the know, technical term is shitstorm. Shitstorm is definitely what I'd use. I think I used the, the expression like grenades going off in a bunker when when we had a, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of clients uh, pausing in those first couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, we had a, we had a one one week where I would say 30% of our of our clients paused what they were doing. And, uh, and yeah, so that was a big moment. Um, but I think what we've done fairly well uh, is we didn't panic through that period we were fortunate enough to be in the position um, operationally to to kind of take stock and plot our way out of it long term and not just think short term and um, which which meant kind of looking at how we're positioned in the market looking at the team and kind of what what the you know what the team needs to look like in a in a year's time and so there's lots of things like that that we I think we didn't panic uh, which was which was good and we, we had a pause and forecast our way out of it almost um, but yeah, there's there's definitely been sort of changes that uh, have, have naturally happened, you know, just as you know, like anyone's experienced. And did you find some of those, uh, you know, that that the forward planning and some of the decisions and I suppose um, avenues that you took did, did were things just accelerated or was it a total shift in in direction? It just accelerated, yeah, for us. Um, so you know, we we effectively. Um, really decided once and for all of, of who we want to work with in our, in our positioning in the market. Um, for 10 years, I think we probably had the the expression of, you know, we, we offer something as an agency for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've done over the last six months is is now offer something for, for somebody and, and we've defined who that is much more than we had before. Uh, and we've always had a predominant focus on on e-commerce and, and retail brands that we've we've had work with you know our first couple of clients we're, we're in that space but i think what we've always done is always kind of keep the doors open for any type of business that comes in and what over the last three to six months we, we've done is just accelerate that that change and um, all based on you know where the market is is, is going really and um, we we obviously you know not the first person to to notice the trend in people buying more online and a lot of our brands that kept up their marketing during uh you know the last six months have benefited from that you know new customer acquisition is off the charts that kind of thing and so as an agency you know you look to to see where you can help brands you know better navigate that and capitalize on any any opportunities there are um so yeah it's just a, it's acceleration um i would say um and, and in a way it kind of pushes into that which i think was you know it's, it's what happens and i think it's just trying to i guess make the most of most of the situation yeah i I like that takeaway like that the not panic bit i think that that is uh, something that can be uh an easy default mode when things get rather slippery like you know 
30, 40, 50% of either recurring revenue or potential income coming in gets paused, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in, in a couple of weeks. So yeah, I think that that, like, how did you guys maintain the composure? Was it, was it, did you find that it was a thing where people across the board had experienced something similar before or cause it was uncharted waters, that was a benefit? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, yeah, just a caveat that as well, because uh, I think in order to not not panic, I think we were fortunate that we had a really good start to the year going into it, um, which helps, you know, gives you that buffer, uh, yeah, which yeah. is nice. Um, not not everyone is lucky, you know, lucky enough to, to have that. So I have to say, you know, that, that was part of it. I think secondly, just, you know, the you know, our, our border are of that nature as well. Um, there was no, you know, kind of... Uh, big crisis talks and that kind of thing which i think probably uh you know could could lead to some bad decision making in that process so that you know that's another factor and i i think for us though what we've got quite good at is just having a really good understanding of our uh you know key business metrics and our you know what, what is actually growing the business so we we are able to now we've been doing this for probably about 12 months we're, we're able to track down to you know, down to teams, down to individuals, months, all that kind of stuff. Our client retention, uh, our client growth, the capacity across across the teams. Um, and we've got really laser focused in that. So I think what we were able to do back in uh, in, in April was, was kind of know that actually, um, you know, looking at the numbers, we know why this has happened. It's not a case of we're underperforming. It's because the market shifted. Yep. And, and a kind of a, 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 a realization that, okay, as long as we keep up that good performance, all we're doing is waiting for that demand to come back. And, and, and if anything, kind of make sure that when the demand does come back, we are in a better place than we were a couple of months ago. So I think having the numbers, if, you know, if I'd have gone into a board meeting and said, yeah, I think we're, uh, I think we're going to be fine, guys. Uh, we'll see how it goes and, and kind of go from there. I'm not sure it would have gone down too well, but I think because we, yeah, we had a good understanding of, of why we were in that situation and what had happened and, good client sentiment you know we, we kind of have such good relationships with clients that we are, we kind of knew how they were thinking or what they were thinking so we knew when they might come back and we were able to yeah to get a good sense of of what the next couple of months could look like so yeah I, I think that not panicking is definitely you know it is it, something that I'll keep in mind again in future um for things like this but definitely there's a few factors to why we could do that and you, you touched before about kind of some of the acceleration and the repositioning and, I, you know, I'm keen to just explore that a little bit because you, you guys are a niche agency, even before maybe you did some of the repositioning, but you, you've kind of probably doubled down on that. And when I say that is not, you're not a full service agency. So I'm keen to understand, like, as you've kind of honed in and gotten more niche over the last while, like what, what what's good about that? And then what do you find challenging? Yeah, so... I think for us, it, that was important to, to really work out, you know, what do we offer the brands that we work with and what is our value um, to them and, and where can we better kind of offer more of that? Because I think what, what you can do is stretch yourself too thin. I think there's, there's definitely, I think the challenge of it is you do get some brands who they do want that kind of everything under one roof way of thinking, um, which, which makes sense. You know, you have one contact, uh, it's, you know, potentially a, you know, you're giving more responsibility to that, um, to you know, to that client. Sorry, to that supplier. So I can see the, the benefit of that. But I think the flip side is, 
know, it's like going to a uh, an all you can eat buffet type thing with with different cuisines from around the world. You know, you, you might have a good meal, but are you going to have uh, is is the kind of the Chinese food is the the Thai food is the uh, uh, the British fish and chips is that going to be the best it can be? Um, terrible analogy, probably right there. No, I like that analogy. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing this down as as we go yeah. so I can bring it out the next pitch. <laughs> Yeah, um, I and I think that's it. I think what we've tried to do is go look what you know, what can we deliver of the the highest standard? And I think to do that, you do need to to be a bit more niche. I think you do need to really work out who it is you want to work with, and kind of what it is that you offer. And it, I guess it's no similar to to we make websites. Obviously, you you work uh, with and we partner with you across across a lot of brands. And I you know we we have gaps. Um, you know, in terms of that, uh, you know, website. Uh, development and uh you know into kind of other things in, in the marketing space like uh you know pr and more traditional channels but what we've always been very good at is is finding those partnerships um you know we we are setting us our, ourselves up as you know we want to be the i guess the you know the the marketing agency of choice for, for e-commerce and retail brands that that is the mission uh and it's up to us to to find solutions if we do have gaps and, and really own that process so we don't turn clients away um, we just find, you know, find, find another option. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I reckon it's an interesting concept and one that I'm, um, I'm, I'm challenging myself on and, 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 and thinking about regularly is this, I think there's a democratization and the barrier to entry from a technology perspective, certainly for retail and direct consumer brands is lowering so much, which I feel that it means that the idea of the big one service, and of course we're in an each agency, so I get it. And if we were talking to somebody from a big, uh, a full service agency, that yeah. a different opinion, but whatever the, like, because of that democratization, a bit of the technology and the barriers of entry to market become lower. I feel that, yeah, the, 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 the position of being niche, like we are, it does have a lot of advantages. Uh, there's, there's potential downsides, but it, it does not only from the, uh the the choice of the brand because they like what you do and what we do is incredibly clear like that you cannot it's so crystal clear but then from the agency's perspective themselves right like what you guys do and what we do from a marketing branding perspective you can be laser laser focused everything that you do everything that you say is just the one thing and it just makes it so much easier um so yeah i suppose there's there's no one size fits all but i'm i'm always intrigued to learn more about how kind of the more niche type uh, businesses work yeah and i think what i found this year uh, that i hadn't quite you know i hadn't quite grasped before is i think there's more to it than than just you know your external positioning your marketing you know uh, when you're trying to win new business and that kind of thing i think by being i guess more selective in in you know what who you work with what you do the the team really buys into that as well there's real clarity in you know what they should be focusing on in terms of their own development um their own uh you know training and uh, and upskilling and you know it goes beyond that into to hiring you know being able to be a bit more laser focused with you know the look the experience and the background that you look for from a new candidate so it really does filter down uh and i think you know i've always been a big believer in that you know whatever you put out there externally making sure that you know internally you're living by that um that you know inwards outwards um type of positioning uh, and we've definitely seen seen kind of the benefits of doing that this year 
Yeah, I think that I, mean, I reckon that 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 translates both to the the brand side as well, right? I, um, we were talking yesterday internally about some trends for 2021 and kind of coming up with some content concepts. And I was thinking about the idea of like authenticity always wins. I feel that 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 does seems to hold true across any kind of market conditions when you're authentic and you stay true to whatever it is that you do. Then that is a pretty good foundation. Maybe yeah. not necessarily for success because that can be, you know, impacted by external externalities, but at least I think it gives you a good foundation for, you know, growth and, and moving forward. Oh, abs- absolutely. Because I think you just run the risk if you're not authentic. You run the risk of putting yourself in, in difficult situations as well if you're trying to present, you know, an external image that is different to, to what you're talking about internally. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the brands that have done really well in 2020, it's those purposeful brands. It's, it's the brands that have a bit more to them uh, than just trying to, I guess, grow their bottom line. Uh, you know, the during, you know, the, the height of the lockdown in the UK and I guess elsewhere around the world, it's, um, you know, consumers really want to believe in a bit more than just the product they're buying. So I think that that actually comes down to, I guess agencies as well. I don't see why there should be a difference there. Yeah. Well, th- this brings me nicely on to to the next kind of uh, subject matter, and and it's something that I'm I'm always intrigued, and I think it, it's it's a it's a, a, an interesting concept, particularly in the agency world, and that is the concept of an agency brand, and and I've I've touched on a, on on some of the podcasts I've been doing across the agency side series, but you guys went through a rebrand recently, so I'm I'm keen to learn like. How did you approach that? And maybe give me a little bit more insight into why it seems to be a common thing that agency brands, their own brand, seems to take a back seat. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's that classic uh, refrain, isn't it? Of uh, you never get your own house in order, um, and that's definitely been been us over the years. We've we've had phases of it. Um, I think for us, the the rebrand process was very much a case of you know. Uh, Having I've worked at Reload for six and a half years, and I did a stint in in our office in London, uh, and then went away for a little bit, and then came back. And what you know, the output that that we deliver, and the the actual results we get for the brands we work with, the relationships that we have, have always been so strong. So we're still working with our first client uh, that we started with sort of ten years ago. We've got relationships of clients stretching back, you know, seven, eight years. Um, and then, you know, there's a reason for that, I like to think. Uh, and so I always felt that internally, you know, the product that we were able to produce was, was always a really high standard. But how we maybe were putting that across and, um, you know, whether to, uh, you know, in terms of our marketing, in terms of uh, even internally, you know, our, uh, you know, how we were hiring and that kind of thing. I just felt like we kind of wasn't selling ourselves uh, as well as it could. Um, and so, you know, what we did is just have a look at that. Um, and make sure that we, you know, the essence of what I think makes Reload a fantastic company to work uh, for and uh, and a hopefully a, a good one for, for brands as well is that we always hire, um, you know, really well. And we have a very, I guess, uh, you know, particular way about how we hire. Um, like a lot of uh, companies now, you know, have their values and hiring for a certain type of DNA. And so that, you know, it comes all the way through. You know, the company that we are uh, and the culture that we have so that was never going to change um but it was it was thinking more about okay what what is the you know the offering that we can give to the, the market and and that's where being focused again on how who we're talking to so 
being particular about the types of e-commerce and retail brands that we want to work with. And our sweet spot for sure is it's, I think what I like to think of it as the best, best of both worlds. It's working with, you know, the larger, uh, maybe a global retailer um, that potentially is a digital second and wants to become digital first. And we've become very good at handholding them through that process uh, in how they, you know, push more uh, budget and, and resources towards D2C and that kind of thing. Uh, and then on the flip side, you know, working with a new D2C brand that, that is just launching for the first time and is probably looking to emulate, in certain ways, emulate the, I guess, the presence of a, a larger retailer. And I think what that combination allows is, is for learnings from both sides, because certainly, you know, you, you see a lot where uh, mistakes are made on either side uh, because of a lack of experience. Um, so I think that's where we, you know, we're, we're positioning ourselves. And, and so it was about being clear on, you know, who, who we want to work with. And then from there, working out what that value that we can offer uh, is what, you know, what is our, you know, as uh, KFC, would, KFC would say, you know, what is the secret herbs and spices recipe? It's, it's trying to work out what that is for us. And I think, you know, we defined it as being kind of that blend of consultancy and agency. Mm -hmm. So we really do integrate with, you know, with, with clients, we, well, we did hot desk uh, these days. It's slightly different. Um, we have, you know, mutual Slack channels. We spend a lot of time in that kind of uh, collaboration and uh, you know, uh, comms and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, where that consultancy stuff comes back in is the strategic side. So with our hiring, hiring for more experienced people that can come into the business and, and really kind of change things uh, from day one. Uh, and so I think brands that we work with are getting that higher level of expertise. So with our you know, re repositioning, it was, it was making sure that was a bit clearer. Uh, and then also what was you know, very important was really speaking to the brands in our, in our family, I guess, and, and working out what do they want? So our head of growth, Katie, um, who led you know a lot of the project, she you know surveyed all of our our brands uh, and and got really good nuggets of feedback. And it's actually a Google sheet that I go back to today um, because it's so interesting to to hear what you know effectively is what our customers want from a from an agency. And so using that, we were able to kind of you know put that into our positioning and make sure that we were aligning what we want to be and on what they need. Um, and so, yeah, I think that combination is, is I guess, how we, yeah, how we got to, uh, to the rebrand. That, that's really interesting. In terms of the, was there any surprises from the info you got back from the clients or was it more of an affirmation of what you kind of already thought? Yeah, definitely. There's some big surprises. I think, you know, one thing I learned is, you know, you never, you'd never get a brand that refers to themselves as, you know, oh, we're e-commerce brand or a d2c brand or, or even a retail yeah. brand yeah you know it's how we talk it's, it's definitely agency speak exactly uh, yeah. and, and i think that was you know definitely uh a little bit of a surprise if not you know i kind of understood um that instead it's and it's not it's not even the classics of you know a beauty brand or um, maybe home and lifestyle or fashion uh, it was beyond that it's kind of you know we are a change maker brand we are a, you know a lifestyle uh, yeah, brand, brand. yeah all that yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff and I, and I think it's a classic isn't it you, you kind of you, know, you put words in uh in your customer's mouth in a way in terms of what you think they're going to say but actually seeing it uh written down was yeah it was really interesting so there's there's a lot that we took away from that 
I think it's a great initiative. We did something similar when we were doing some positioning stuff and rebranding kind of last year and yeah, some of the information and we had to really challenge ourselves as well on that concept of like, we would kind of project what we thought the brands were to them. And, and what was really um, refreshing was we kind of turned it around and just did a lot of asking of questions and said like, you know, particularly when we're engaging with a client or potential client, like what, what do you consider yourselves? Cause on the outside, we might consider you a, you know, a lifestyle direct consumer brand, but is that what you are, you know, and, and sort of glean from them. So yeah. you get that kind of nice mix from what your current clients, what they consider themselves. And then what does the new crop of, you know, direct to consumer brands or heritage brands, you know, and, it's so interesting to get their their take on it because I, I found there was some 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 interesting um, outliers where yes a brand that you would consider definitely they're going to fit into this kind of vertical or this space and they do not consider themselves that at all and now maybe that's a problem because they should be considering themselves in that space and maybe that's where they're going wrong but yeah I think opening up that discussion both internally and externally is is a very refreshing uh, concept uh, yeah and just I think it has to be ongoing you know we've done this one one survey I guess but. The way we set ourselves up, you know, all of our our senior, you know, client strategists are catching up with with their kind of key contacts and e-commerce directors uh, and MDs and and CEOs and that kind of thing, and and just getting that temperature check uh, over time, I think, is important, and making sure that you know we're set up to to keep yeah keep our ears to the ground on, on how that might change, um, because yeah, it's definitely definitely not um, set in stone. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously the last six to eight months has totally changed that, right? Like a brand that you were working with at the start of this year or early last year, who would consider themselves a a global retailer with a huge retail presence, you know, bricks and mortar, that's probably totally changed. So like, yeah, are they going to be that as you move into 2021 and beyond or are they, you know, shifting everything online? You know, I think it's a it's a really good and, and sage piece of advice to get that temperature check from clients, you know, constantly, particularly after any <laughs> monumental uh, shift in, yeah, in the market or or, 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 or or the world. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the getting back to the team um, because I know this was something that was really novel. I remember when I first met you guys and you had the you had the office in uh, in Oz. Uh, or the offices in Oz, and then you had had the presence here in the UK, and you you used to do a lot of like um, secondments, like you know people would go over to Oz, and then you know have people from Oz come over here and so forth. So I- I'm wondering, like, how is that going to change? You know, with, with the kind of world that we're in now, is that something you're having to rethink, or is it you're just pausing it, and then once you know we've got a bit more movement in terms of travel, you'll kind of pick that back up. Yeah, it's probably not something we've we've ironed out fully um, at the moment. It, undoubtedly, it is going to change, um, you know, at least for the next year. I think what we've always, you know, what we're still doing is is encouraging people to to work in the different offices, so anybody is is able to, you know, show put up their hand and show interest in working in a different office, and you know that is is always going to remain because it's such a big part of I think what allows us. To, to do that truly global piece that we talked about earlier, uh, because I think you know you need those those connections and you need people to see, you know, what the offices are like from from actually working in them. In terms of more short term trips, yeah, you know, we do you know yeah every year people have the chance to win a trip uh, to work in in one of the other offices or attend a global conference. Obviously, yeah, 
Uh, COVID's made a little bit of a mockery of that, um, <laughs> but as much as uh, many other things. Um, but I think what we'll, you know, what we'll look to do is uh, is potentially not, you know, not be able to continue that to the same extent for the, for at least the next year. But we have upped our collaboration globally, so um, we, you know, we we do these quarterly, you know, business updates like many companies, I imagine. And you know, as part of that, there's a, you know, five minutes from around the world type update that that everybody gets a feel of. So, you know, you get you get a, a feel of what's going on in the different in the different regions. Um, and so it's just trying to, I guess, it's all about good communication, isn't it? It's trying to trying to kind of keep that transparency open about what everybody is doing uh, in different parts of the world and just encouraging people to, you know, to speak to one another, to, to take up opportunities when they arise, that kind of thing. So we talked a bit about um, the last like few months being more of an accelerant than maybe a change agent, but I'm keen to learn from your perspective you've been at reload for for a while now and, and it isn't necessarily just reload but the wider market like what's changed in your time since you've kind of been at the agency maybe both internally and externally always are the, the tough questions uh, this morning aren't you tim um <laughs> <laughs> i think i i think in terms of externally oh, to use you know favorite buzzword that we use is uh you know things have got more omnichannel um, for sure, I think when we started, I remember our yeah our MD tells a story about how easy it was to to kind of rank with SEO. You know, you'd literally change a um, a page title and it, you'd be first on on Google, and that that was you know the back end of the noughties, uh type world, and and it was typically one channel back then. You know, would we'd just be doing SEO and then it moved to ads. But you know, these days, um, what we're finding is you know brands that we worked with across just the one channel we're now working with across you know four or five different different channels um and so i think that is just trying to reflect the the wider trend in the market effectively you know you know what we want is to be able to help market brands to help them find new customers uh to retain existing customers and so for that you need you know that mix of uh acquisition activity you know across uh, your your media campaigns uh your content uh, you know, good good levels of uh, PR and that kind of thing. Uh, in terms of converting, you know, social obviously is now such a big presence, and that's accelerated this year for sure. And we're now doing just as much Facebook and Instagram and YouTube advertising, um, you know, as as other channels. Um, and then you know, to retention, you know, email, uh, and you know, beyond that, looking at some of these kind of really good loyalty apps and, and referral type programs that are, are happening. So there's just so much now that you know we need to be looking at and uh, that we do for for the clients that we work with whereas yeah back back uh, when i started it was uh, a lot more simplistic let's put it that way um and and i think that's probably the the, the biggest change in terms of i guess what we're doing but for sure i definitely noticed that increasing importance placed on uh, performance as well um and I, I know we've we've spoken about this um that ability to to learn from you know learn from clients learn from mistakes and that kind of thing and i remember that was a really uh, one of our um you know uh longest serving clients uh, in oz um a huge kind of office supply type retailer and you know they they really uh they really pushed us on needing to see performance and exactly where you know what their investment was doing um, and not just you know in a 
shiny document every month, but more regular than that, like they were checking it every single day. And I think that trend and we've really, you know, it's those kind of learnings that we've, you know, now brought into how we operate as well. Um, and, uh, you know, more and more people want to see, you know, what the return is and, you know, uh, have allowable CPAs and ROAS figures to hit. And um, we go further than that now in terms of looking at profit margins and, and making sure that, you know, we're, we're thinking beyond uh, just the campaigns we're doing, but what is the, the, the business impact on that? Um, can we be smarter with the products we're pushing based on, you know, the different the different margins uh, across different categories? So that that trend in terms of performance, I think, is only going to keep going in in that direction because it it mirrors it mirrors trends in other areas of of kind of life, I guess. You know, if you look at you used to just go for a run, uh, now you have to put it on Strava, and it tells you, <laughs> you know, how fast you've gone, uh, how many hills you did, you know. Uh, how many segments you were you kind of uh, were on a leaderboard for? Like it's just everybody is talking about performance, and I think agency life is just mirroring that in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're we're, we're inundated with, with data, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm keen to to learn, like, what? Let's say that you weren't working at Reload, like, or you weren't in the agency world. What what would you be doing? Oh, um, yeah, that's a interesting one. So I, I definitely had a strange uh, start in terms of my my career in in digital and e-commerce. So I think you know I, I would probably be just finishing off a PhD at this point. I actually yeah I actually applied um, yeah to do a history and politics PhD um, and then backed out. And it you know probably looking back was one of the best decisions I've ever made <laughs> uh, in terms of that um, because I think that's yeah I, I definitely stumbled into into this this world but i've kind of loved it ever since um so, and i think what what that kind of shows and, I, and i've tried to think about this more and more um is that i don't you know for me the things that i would have been doing in that you know the ideas of research and trying to present different hypotheses and uh, trying to form an idea and market that idea and it you know it's you can see the parallels in what we do um, so for me, if I wasn't, I guess, in this in this role, I'd still like to be in a role where, you know, you are having to be strategic and, and, and analyze and assess. Um, and I think for me that, you know, that's what that's what I enjoy. And somewhat something that, you know, you, you can actually have real impact. I think what I love about working for, I guess, for agency and, and being able to, um, you know, to grow the team that we've got in London is just having that impact, being able to make change happen. Uh, and evolve uh, a company and evolve a culture and i think yeah that's probably what what gets me out of bed in the morning but yeah that's a that's an interesting one world of academia awaits yeah very yeah. interesting <laughs> i don't so, i don't think shoulder pads will, will suit me so i think it was probably a smart <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's very true right i'm i'm clean i'm keen to sort of draw, draw it to a close um yeah, what's next? What's on the horizon for you guys? Kind of, I suppose we haven't got much of this year left, have we? Jesus. So yeah, the, the rest of 2020 and then, you know, into 2021, what, what's on the horizon? Yeah, so I think it, it's just, you know, we've, we've definitely got a, a bit of a mission internally um, to be that marketing agency of choice for the e-commerce and retail brands. And I think, you know, very, very open about that with, with our team and, and the brands that we work with. And within that, it, you know, it's not just about, um, you know, patting ourselves on the back, but it's really trying to learn from from the clients that we work with, learn from any mistakes we make or when something doesn't go right and try to fix that. So, you know, I think within that, it's just building upon our 
capabilities. So even in the last two years, you know, we've added uh, a lot of different expertise that that maybe we were consulting on, but we weren't actually kind of able to deliver that end-to-end service. So things like content production, mm. uh, creative, email, email delivery, uh, you know, reporting and BI, marketplace ads, eBay, Amazon, Etsy, that kind of thing. So there's lots of things we've added uh, to our guest repertoire, which I think has allowed us to deliver more value to clients. Um, so, you know, for me, it's definitely building on that uh, and kind of growing, you know, growing that further. But how we get there, I think one thing we've, we've done really well in the last six months is, um, yeah, I think a lot of companies use the OKR model. Um, but definitely one of the best reads that I had uh, last year was, yeah, John Doerr's book on, on that, Measure What Matters. And I, that, that kind of has helped us, I think, really try and scale what we do. So everyone in the team is taking ownership and has accountability over an area of our growth. And so it's not just kind of one person who's dictating that. Um, so yeah, I think that that that's it. It's I think you know we're we're more and more trying to give more ownership to, to different people within the team um, in order for us to get to that kind of big big end goal. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. And also we need a new dishwasher because that broke last week. So you know coming crashing back down to earth. Realities, the the realities and the banalities of life. I, yeah. I like the 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 the, the, the takeaway there. Um, the, uh, the the concentrate. What was it? Concentrating on what you measure, what you yeah me- measure what matters. So measure I what matters. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, book book by uh, John Doerr, who you know a previous experience uh, at Google, and yeah, it's one of those that you you read and you just it makes a lot of sense. You kind of are flicking through from page to page, kind of going, why weren't we doing this two years ago? Type thing. So go and check it out. Adam, thank you so much for joining me, mate. That was great. No, thank you very much. Pleasure. There you have it. Massive thank you to Adam for being on the show. Please go and check out Reload at reloaddigital.co.uk. Before I go, a quick word from my sponsor, Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. If you want to learn more, go and visit them at klaviyo.com slash your basket is empty. And if you like the series and the podcast more generally, like, subscribe, download, and tell everyone at your local farmer's market to do the same. I'll see you next time.